Hello, I'm Sean Gilligan and welcome to the Learning Summit podcast. In this week's episode, I discuss Learning 2022 with Arthur Howie, Solutions Architect at Web Anywhere. Hi, Arthur. Thanks for joining me here on the podcast. Do describe how you found Learning 2022 in Orlando, Florida. And perhaps uh, we can start by talking about the journey home and Storm Nicole, how that disrupted travel towards the end of the show. Yes, I really enjoyed the conference. And I think that we all got something from it. Uh, the, the tropical storm slash hurricane, uh, Nicole, it was eventful. Uh, we were delayed by two days in Florida, returning on Friday night rather than on the Wednesday afternoon. Um, so it was an experience, something unexpected. Uh, fortunately for us, the eye of the storm passed south of where we're staying. So the wind and the rain, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I've certainly seen similar storms in the UK that were just as bad. Uh, however, I do believe Storm Nicole was much worse for those that were at the coast. And I think it's worth just putting things into perspective. You know, we were delayed by two days, but there are those who suffered serious damage to property and uh, will now be rebuilding and moving on. After the worst of the storm on uh, the Thursday, you know, the Friday that we had was really a nice day. Uh, so it's quite good to get to see uh, some of the local sites, you know, relaxed day, spent the morning uh, by the pool uh, and then managed to get to see the town of Celebration, which was a really picturesque place which, uh, you know, everyone was really friendly. It was a beautiful place. So I'd recommend that to anyone who's ever in the area who wants a low-key day out amongst visiting the theme parks. And we got to see some of the local wildlife, so including a couple of uh, alligators who were sunbathing uh, and dozens of turtles around the edge of the lake. So ignoring the inconvenience of being delayed a couple of days, I was really grateful that I got to see just a little bit more about what the local area had to offer. Learning 2022 is the first time the conference has happened in person in three years due to the pandemic. Whilst the conference was founded by Elliot Mace, it's now been taken over by Closer Still Media that control DevLearn, Learning Solutions, Learning Technologies and other conferences to do with learning and development worldwide. How did you find the conference in terms of the ambiance, the food and the atmosphere? Because I thoroughly enjoyed it and it'd be good to get your thoughts, Arthur. Yeah, so the, the atmosphere was quite relaxed. I think that the venue with its big spaces and the warm decor really helped with that. Uh, and I think it was a really lovely place to hold the conference. Uh, the food was superb. Uh, Disney obviously puts on many similar events and they've got everything absolutely nailed to a T. Uh, and the staff that were hosting us, they were really friendly. In particular, in particular there was a member of the Disney staff uh, who was called Joshua, uh, who was telling about the royal family when they visited uh, the hotel um, and... Uh, he was telling me that all the staff are considered cast members, which I think goes to show that uh, Disney are really putting on a performance with their hosting. Uh, likewise, with what you said, I, I really enjoyed the conference. There was a really good balance of sessions. There were no quiet moments. You know, the, the balancing was pretty much spot on and the pacing. So I guess the problem, which isn't really a problem at all, was really deciding which sessions to go to. So oftentimes I attended with Emiliano or also with you, Sean. But some sessions, myself and Emiliano would split up and attend two interesting sessions at the same time uh, and then get to discuss these afterwards. So that was quite nice. Uh, for me personally, it was a time split as I had to make sure that the kiosk was ready to go before delegates had their midday break, uh, which meant missing some of the sessions myself. However, I'm really glad that I got to see all of the keynotes uh, and the sessions I did get to attend. They were all really great, both from an information point of view um, and then just the presenters themselves. They all brought their own styles to their work which really helped things to keep flowing nicely. 
Arthur, there were lots and lots of sessions at Learning 2022, including the keynotes. But were there any particular sessions that stood out to you? And why would that be? Okay, so in terms of the sessions, the keynotes were all really good. So from Michelle Weiss, Sophia the Robot and Duncan Wardle, there was something to learn from each. The keynote that was done by the uh, Whose Line Is Anyway comedians uh, was fun for some light relief. And the section that they did where they got the audience members to do sound effects was just hilarious. As for the sessions, there are two that I found particularly enjoyable. So firstly, um, learning in the flow of work session, which was presented by the team at GE. It was really useful for me personally. Uh, as a solutions architect, I can see how this approach to learning as a process over time could be really supported by a learning experience platform, which is something maybe myself personally I've overlooked before. There are many things which I can now use when I talk to our clients in the future about LXPs. So it was good for my own personal growth and knowledge to understand what's important to folks in the real world. Secondly, there was a session called The Three Habits of Leaders with Conscious Intentionalism, which was hosted by Dan Irvin. Uh, the session focused on a lot of things which managers and professionals will be familiar with in terms of setting goals. You know, we all know about smart targets and such. But Dan took the stage further with the idea of conscious intentionalism, which is about being present and acting in a conscious way rather than letting yourself run on autopilot, which I think is something we're all guilty of at times. I know I can be. So Dan talked about setting goals in multiple areas across both work and personal life and then using a framework to progress these and to make sure that things happen. Uh, Dan's delivery of this was exceptional. He's a professional speaker, life coach, you know, motivational speaker kind of approach, which I think kept everyone engaged. I can see that this session potentially wouldn't have been for everyone. Uh, some may be sort of dismissive of this, but it really resonated well with me. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. Learning 2022 is very much focused on learning leaders. What are the highlights and the lowlights from the conference, but also the takeaways that listeners can perhaps uh, look further into? So the highlight for me was that there is a really great community of people who care deeply and passionate about learning. I think all too often learning and development is looked at as a sort of a supporting role within an organisation, you know, possibly being done by a busy HR team or maybe a tick box exercise for compliance, which is obviously a mistake for any organisation. Uh, you know, without staff, the business is nothing. People need to grow within their roles and within their organisation. Uh, and if people feel stagnant, then they won't have the energy to do the best that they can. Um, so, you know, we need organisations to really nurture their people. Uh, the energy and the passion from the speakers and from the delegates was really encouraging. It was interesting to hear about the perception of L&D uh, was transformed during the pandemic. Uh, some electronic tools and platforms for learning became used universally amongst office workers who were forced to work home. Um, by seeing those who are passionate about learning, it really motivated me to have a renewed energy towards this. Uh, and I can use this energy to work with our clients to further learning within their organisation, which is something I'm really looking forward to doing. Um, there were no particularly low lights for me. Um, perhaps the layout of the Innovation Gallery could have been better. It quite spread out. Uh, and in terms of placing the kiosks, you know, as a vendor, we were always competing for attention with the food that was behind us. And the food was great. Um, so maybe that could be tweaked for next time. Uh, in terms of key takeaways, uh, you know, I could look at specifics around the, the topics du jour, uh, such as VR, workflow learning, podcasting and such. But I think the number one takeaway, as mentioned earlier, is that the, the learning sector has some really passionate people who really care deeply about getting folks to grow themselves and to do well in their chosen sectors, job roles. Uh, and that's just the most important thing for me. 
Arthur, let's talk about learning in the flow of work. G Health gave a great presentation and workshop on the five moments of need and how learning and performance can enhance a business. What were your key learnings from that session hosted by Rick, their lead solution architect? Yeah, so as I touched on earlier, I took away the need for businesses to have a knowledge base or an LXP in place to help their staff find knowledge when they need it. It tied in nicely with the themes of the opening keynote where Michelle Weiss discussed the importance of upskilling and reskilling in a world where our careers may span much longer periods of time than previous generations. And also the keynote from Sophia the Robot, where she talked about certain jobs being replaced with AI, which again will lead to reskilling and upskilling on an ongoing basis. By training learners in how to learn and where to find the information that they need, business can make sure that employees are better equipped to deal with whatever comes up day to day. Also, by learning in the flow of work, the experience and the knowledge learned is relevant at the moment of need. And this will serve to reinforce that knowledge as it is practical um, and, and actionable rather than learning something theoretical ahead of time. So the, that will lead to better retention of the knowledge learned, which overall leads to more capable you know, employees over time. One of the things I learned was that when you frame learning as learning and performance instead of learning and development, you do get the attention of more powerful people in an organisation and bigger budgets because the very senior people within an organisation are more bothered about the performance than the development. Why do you think that is? So I think the, the difference between learning and performance versus learning and development it's more a case of internal marketing uh, and stakeholder communications rather than sort of anything concrete. Uh, the reason that it's commanding more C-suite and higher level attention is because learning and development is something which benefits the individual, the individual employee first and foremost. Whereas you frame that as learning performance, it's to focus on the benefits to the business as a whole. So it doesn't change anything per se. But this positioning is a more obvious and universal benefit to all businesses. I mean, who, who doesn't want staff to be higher performing? You know, it becomes a no-brainer and it shows the importance of L&D or L&P, uh, whichever term you want to use. And it shows the benefit of that uh, to the business as a whole. One of the keynotes at Learning 2020 was the former VP of Innovation and Creativity at Disney, Duncan Wardle, who talked about walking round the PowerPoint. So instead of delivering a, a slide deck, actually print out all the slides, post them up around a room and then take people on a journey and walk around the room describing each slide. It's then for, for more conversational. People aren't behind their table and they're not guarded. But he also talked about how do you make creativity and ideation more shared? Quite often someone will come up with an idea and the naysayers or the eaters will say no, uh, because, no, because. But it's much better to say yes and, because by saying yes and, the uh, possibilities are enlarged, it becomes a shared idea and it's more likely then to be adopted. It was a fantastic inspirational uh, talk. Duncan is a Brit now living in America, but he really did inspire us to think differently when it came to creativity, innovation and ideation. So on this, I absolutely agree. Duncan Wardle was just amazing. Uh, the interaction with the audience and the content of his talk was engaging. It was inspirational and 100% certain that everyone who saw that got something from it and left that room with a positive impression and everyone felt energised by the talk. I certainly did.
Um, the brainstorming device uh, of saying yes and is, is a really powerful thought and changes the dynamic of brainstorming to be expansive rather than reductive. Uh, and clearly this approach has worked for him uh, during his career uh, at Disney and elsewhere. I, I particularly like the point he made that all of us are creative. Uh, it's just that some people have you know, forgotten how to do it over time, but we've not practiced these skills. So the practical exercise where we all had to draw a stranger's face uh, without looking at the pen and paper um, w- was inspired. Um, and it kind of proved that we all have a little Picasso in us. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, what more to say? If I ever get another chance to see him speak uh, somewhere, I-, I certainly will do. And I'll recommend that to anyone else who has the opportunity to do so. One of the bizarre keynotes was David Kelly, the CEO of the Learning Guild, interviewing Sophia, a robot, uh, which is pretty much a first. I've never seen a robot on stage before. Arthur, tell us more about that experience. Yeah, so Sophia the robot um, was bizarre. I'm really glad that I got to see her speak, and it makes for an interesting story, uh, some interesting photos, etc., um, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't a live demonstration of her sort of true AI abilities. Uh, for me, that would have been more interesting than just listening to the the pre-scripted keynote and the sort of formulaic Q&A session that they did. As it stands, I did enjoy the session uh, with her, but by missing the live demonstration of the AI processing and sort of getting to see or hear Sophia's ideation and response, I felt it was a little bit too scripted. Um, and that kind of made it feel maybe a little bit too smoke and mirrors. And I think even if the AI demonstration would have been glitchy, it would have been really good to see it. So I'm glad I got to see her, uh, and it was cool to go on stage afterwards, see Sophia close up and to get a photo done um, alongside Emiliano. Overall, I'd say it's a good visual demonstration of where we are with this sort of tech, and it encourages thought into the future of the technology and how it might develop and be used so um, I'd say from that point of view it was really good and I thought it was really interesting and it was something just a little bit different Um, so I've never seen something like that before so did enjoy it. One session that I particularly enjoyed was uh, what makes a great chief learning officer by Donald H Taylor who's based in Oxford he chairs the learning uh, technologies conference and he went from describing you know, whether it's better for CLO to come from the actual L&D industry or from outside of it. And there's a big debate about that. He talked about the L&D journey and how to influence and describe it uh, as a mountain where you've got onboarding, mandatory training, skills maintenance, tactical behavioural change and capability building. But really to reach the pinnacle or the top of the mountain, uh, it's a different skill set that's required uh, to, you know, he described in the foothills, maybe using boots and you've got a stick. But when you get to the top of the mountain, you need a different footwear, you need a pickaxe and you need a different mentality. Now, as you know, Arthur, whilst attending many sessions, Web Anywhere and myself actually gave a talk at Learning 2020. And we talked about building empathy into learning experiences, how 2020 and the pandemic has changed everything, where you've got siloing like salami slices you need more empathy in the workplace in this new work from anywhere world. And top talent sets the trends that everyone else is going to follow. There's this unshackling of the constraints uh, when it comes to the geography and where you can hire people. And people want schedule flexibility, not just flexible work. So we're moving from 
you know, 100% remote first, not remote forced. And, you know, just in our own business, Emiliano works for us out of Paraguay as a 100% remote person. We've got Alicia uh, out in India working for us uh, for well over a year. And for many, many years, my brother Kieran has worked for us out of France. All these people are 100% remote first. And of course, there's benefits with work from anywhere when it comes to hiring talent, productivity, lower real estate, and more equality and diversity in the workforce. But there's challenges around how do we onboard, how do we conduct virtual socials, and how do we build empathy into learning experiences? So, you know, I describe things like if you're on the fifth Zoom call of the day and you're checking your email, you're not necessarily being empathetic. I also touch upon topics such as loneliness in the workplace and how that is bad for business and bad for engagement. What people want is flexibility, but they do want to stay connected. And so we've got to reimagine learning in a hybrid work world. And I talk about how we've leveraged podcasting for learning and development in the business, how we've leveraged things such as asynchronous video for communication and for productivity. And then I finish by talking about virtual career fairs, virtual coffees, and live cohort-based learning uh, for a driving engagement in this distributed workforce that we now now find ourselves uh, in. Podcasting was a bit of a hot topic, and there was a lot of interest in podcasting for the likes of field salespeople and sales enablement, but also, for example, security guards listening to uh, podcasts using their AirPods or whilst working, learning. Tell us more about the opportunities for podcasts, and why do you think there's such an interest in this media, this medium when it comes to consumption of learning content? I think that podcasting is an easy one to get your head around. It's a very low barrier to entry. You can find podcasts easily from your phone and all you have to have is a set of headphones to enjoy one. So you've got the low barrier to listen to one. You've also got a very low barrier uh, to entry to publish uh, a podcast and record one. Um, so anyone can do that quickly and easily. So if you've got thought leaders, other subject matter experts who are experts in their field, but not an expert in things like video production, they can still produce a podcast relatively easily. Uh, in turn, this lowers the barrier to entry uh, and it shows that there is a huge array of podcasts available covering basically any topic you can imagine. This means of delivery is very easy for anyone to do alongside other things in our day-to-day lives. So if you want to listen while driving or running, stood on a train, you know, it's equally accessible uh, and contrast to reading, you know, that's something that can't really be done uh, alongside multitasking, whereas listening to something can be. Um, I think it's also more sort of fundamental than that as well. So humans, you know, we're evolved to pay a high degree of attention to sounds, uh, you know, from caveman days to see if that is a tiger walking past. Um and I think that information that we hear goes in quickly and it's probably more easier than information that we read. So then retention of the information is going to be better than podcasts, especially if the topic is relevant and engaging to you as an individual. And by directing staff towards relevant podcasts, businesses can really help employees to grow their minds in certain topics, which will benefit both learners um, and businesses alike. Arthur, the show was cut short on the Wednesday, but before the Wednesday, on the Tuesday evening, they saw networking at Disney's Epcot. Now, the weather was pretty horrendous. Describe our trip uh, to Epcot and uh, how fun that was, because um, it was sodden wet through, weren't we? 
Yes, uh, the trip around Epcot was honestly hilarious. Um, and I think that everyone that went from the conference enjoyed themselves. Uh, we went with other delegates that we'd met and it was very good for building relationships. Uh, there was a group of about a dozen of us uh, from the conference that went around each location together uh, to see what Epcot had to show. Um, uh, and we also ran into other delegates along the route uh, around the world of Epcot. Uh, I think this kind of experience is really vital to the atmosphere of the conference. Uh, and I think that the, the conference uh, hosts were lucky to be able to arrange this for us. The weather for the Epcot trip was terrible, um, but I don't feel like that dampened our spirits. Uh, there was something quite fun about running from England to France in the rain and then running from France to Japan to uh, sample some sake. Um, I might be misremembering the order of the locations, but I don't suppose it matters. Uh, in terms of the rain, some people had small umbrellas and some of us had ponchos to keep the rain at bay. Um, I think ultimately we all got soaked, uh, but the energy was good, so it, it just didn't matter. Um, in fact, that makes it all the more of an experience and you know, bonded the group of us delegates together as a, a pack rather than lone wolves wandering around. Um, and you know, in terms of those relationships, I look forward to crossing paths with the other delegates that we explored Epcot with um, at future events. And there's always a chance that we can do some business together or learn from one another. Uh, so I think it was the ultimate network experience, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, and then the finale at Epcot was magical. You know, a full 20 minutes of fireworks and Disney music to entertain us. Um, and I'll definitely be returning to Epcot again in the future. For those people enjoying the Learning Summit podcast, we do have an online community. You can head over to learningsummit.eventanywhere.com, create an account. And there you can attend webinars, virtual events, playback video and join in with community conversations. It's a great way to connect with other L&D professionals. So do head over to learningsummit.eventanywhere.com. Thank you for listening to the Learning Summit podcast, where we've been talking about learning 2022 in Orlando, Florida. If you've enjoyed it, do subscribe, share on social media. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.